Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast with Nicolene Peck. Improving your life, uniting your family, changing the world. Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. I'm Nicolene Peck and I'm joined here with my daughter, Paige Baumert. Hi, Paige. Hello. Paige, today we're going to talk about tone. You know, lots of times when people come to teaching self-government, they're like, give me the skills, give me the skills. I know these principles, I've learned them, you know, maybe in church or I've learned principles that I want to live, but I don't know how to do it, so I need the skills. But one of the most important skills that you can ever learn is how to keep your tone right. So what we usually say is that in order to create an environment where self-government is learned, you need the right kind of tone and the right kind of structure. So that's where your skills come in. In this podcast, we're going to be talking about tone so that we can help people improve their skills. Because if you don't have the right tone, all the skills can fall apart. But before we talk about that, as is tradition here on the Teaching Self-Government podcast, we are going to talk about a fun family activity that you can do at your house. Paige, what kind of an idea for a fun family activity do you have? So this idea came to me because Clara just got a bottle of bubbles for Easter. And I thought, you know, bubbles are so fun. And so we, I thought that doing homemade bubbles and homemade bubble makers would be super fun. So I know I've seen people, they'll use string with two sticks to make a bubble triangle and dip it into like a five gallon bucket full of soapy water um, and use that for bubbles. So I know that's one way to do it. There are lots of other ways to do bubbles. Um, but we've done it before, actually, Paige, you probably don't remember this, but when you were little, we actually did that. So we took pipe cleaners and we bent them into different shapes and we wanted to blow square bubbles, but you know what? They all come out round anyway. (laughs) That's just how bubbles are. We wanted triangle bubbles and square bubbles and octagon bubbles. Anyway, we took all different things, strings on sticks and pipe cleaners and all kinds of things. And we tried to blow bubbles through them and we found out what worked and what didn't work. And you know what? It was fun to chase around the bubbles and to pop the bubbles and to get all soapy, but it was also science which is super fun too. So anyway, we did that when you and Quinn were just little tykes and I'm sure you don't know, but you guys loved bubbles. I'm talking loved bubbles. Paige, that was by far one of your favorite things. I remember for your first birthday, we did bubbles. Everybody had bubbles and we blew bubbles at you and you spent a good, I don't know, probably 45 minutes just popping bubbles and it might have been even more than that I mean that was an awful long time ago but I just remember we spent a long time doing bubbles and we did bubbles almost every day with you so that's just all the little things soap and water mixed together with the right consistency making the bubbles find the the recipe that works for you All right. Fun idea page. Now we're going to be talking about tone and we're going to talk about our tone or the way that we feel when we communicate with other people. And we're going to do that through the lens of self-government. So what is self-government page? So self-government is being able to determine the cause and effect of any given situation and possessing a knowledge of your own behaviors so that you can control them. Yes. Okay. So Self-government is power. 
It is you actually knowing that you can be in control of yourself. You can tell yourself no. You can instruct yourself to do things, to step out of your comfort zone when maybe you wouldn't want to normally. All that kind of stuff happens when you are a self-governing person. You don't let the little mess ups in life hold you down. Instead, you move forward. You recognize, well, what happened? Well, how can I improve on that? And then you move forward. That's what a self-governed person does. So as we're looking at tone today, we're going to be examining what we feel like to ourselves and to other people when we are communicating, because that's really what the tone is. So there's the way that you come across, the way that you feel, that's that's you speaking nonverbal communication usually, okay? And then your skills are going to fall into the, the category of verbal communication. So, but we actually create a skill of using the right tone. And I had to do this because I'm very good at checkoff lists. I'm very good at saying, okay, this is the goal. This is what I want to do. I'm going to use these words and not these words. And then I read the words. I practice the words. I'll say the words. I'll get rid of all the old words that I say. But if my tone is still saucy, if my tone is still attitude or bugged or frustrated or annoyed or tired, or, you know, there's a lot of things that your tone could be. And if it comes through in those ways, then it comes through with selfishness. So whenever you do not have the proper tone elements to really nurture another person, then likely your tone is actually self. So it's usually selfish. Whenever you know you didn't communicate well, it's probably because you fell into a selfish tone of communication. I actually like that you made that distinction because I guess for me, I never really thought of tone as a selfish or a selfless thing, you know, but it makes sense because when you choose to take other people's actions personally, then you're, you know, you start to get annoyed and you start to get terse with people. And, but when you're thinking about the group as a whole, then you tend to be a lot more calm. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah, well, and a lot of people use things as an excuse. They're like, oh, well, I'm just frustrated right now, or I'm just, you know, tired or flustered or whatever it is. And and people use these as excuses for bad tone. But in reality, when they're in that moment of frustration or tiredness or whatever, they're focusing on themselves. That's what it is. And it's not that we can't ever think about ourselves. We, we need to in order to make sure that we're self-governed. But when we start using the excuses, then we know that we're catering to selfishness. We're starting to say, wait, I don't have to do anything about, some, about this because somebody did something to me. And so now I have an excuse for bad behavior. And so then, boom, all of a sudden you're selfish. And that can happen in parenting. It can happen in marriage. It can happen in any relationship. And just, you know, in general, you can think of your tone when it relates to the media, your tone as it relates to, uh, you know, certain networks. Okay. Maybe CNN or Disney or Fox. It's true because a tone can really, it can try to convey an agenda or a hidden meaning or message. Mm-hmm. Oh. Exactly. Oh, Claire is going to participate with us. Claire is like, I got a tone. You want to hear my tone? <laughs> anyway, but yeah, so, so people have tones related to other people. 
you know, which is basically their attitude, what they have decided to feel related to somebody else, something else, politics, bring out certain tones in people. So there's some people, they just can't behave well. I mean, they could if they choose to, but they just won't behave well because they have a habit of a certain type of a tone related to politics. They're like, I hate it all. I'm never voting again. Or other people who are like, ah, we're all falling apart. The world is ending, you know, or whatever it is and whatever their tone is. Okay. So when a person chooses their tone, they end up choosing their attitude toward everything and everybody. So if you have this tone, like, well, you better do these things for me because I'm busy. I'm tired. I have things to do. Then you actually are selfish. That is a selfish tone. And so if a mom starts feeling worn down, she starts thinking that then it can come across that way. So I was talking with London the other day as we were driving across country because London and I have done this little road trip thing. And London said that she has observed that people using TSG skills sometimes miss the mark. And I was like, oh yes, honey, that is- Oh, I agree. Yeah, they sometimes miss the mark. She thinks that some people become so hyper-focused on the skills that they forget their tone altogether. In fact, one thing she was saying is she's like, you know, there's some people who they'll point out, oh, you're missing this skill, this skill, this skill. And they do it in such a rude and condescending way. And she's like, isn't that kind of like beside the point, mom? And I was like, you know, it's true. If they're saying, hey, you've got to disagree appropriately or you need to accept a no answer. But in reality, they're being condescending or bossy or rude or whatever, then actually they're not really self-governing even if they've got the skills. So what she was saying is she's like, I think that sometimes people can hyper-focus so much on the skills that they can actually forget the tone. And I was like, you're totally right, London. In fact, I was way better at skills before I was good at tone. Well, and it's easy because, you know, you mentioned earlier that you're a, like a check the box type of person. So those skills are the check the boxes, right? Mm-hmm. But when it comes to actually changing the heart, that tone element is so key. And that's what we strive to do with those skills and with everything that we teach is to change the heart of those that use the system. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think it's important that you bring that up, that that tone needs to be, you know, an, an equal companion to well, a good tone, <laughs> not just any tone, but a good tone needs right. to be an equal companion to those skills and the skill sets. Yeah. So let's talk about what it looks like if a person is using the skills, but not re- with the right tone. I mean, it can look controlling. It can, it can look like a person wants to make everybody do something exactly the way they want it. Okay. That right there is just selfish. You can just tell, you know, oh, well, I need to control all of my outcomes. I need to control everybody's decision and everybody's actions. Well, and that leads to micromanaging. Yeah. You know, know, I've I've been guilty of that (laughs) before. I think any person who's really motivated can easily micromanage somebody else, but I'll tell you what, that is a a destroyer of, of relationships that ruins connection. That is definitely not the tone that you want because it doesn't feel safe. It feels like somebody's bossing you around. Right. And so even though you can see what needs to happen skill wise, 
That doesn't mean that you just push at it and forget the tone. That tone is so important. If a person is calm, if they are accepting, if they're loving, if they're nurturing, if they're, you know, understanding, these are all things that a person needs to have tone wise in order to really help another person, like you said, Paige, have a change of heart. So, so what does it look like? It looks like controlling. It can look like micromanaging. It can look like you're emotional with a script. Okay. (laughs) Basically. (laughs) Now I know scripts can help people solve the majority of problems. Okay. A lot of problems can be solved just by having the right words to say, but you can also be emotional with a script. You can say the words and be rude. You can say the words and be condescending. You can say the right words and think you know better than everybody else. That is all basically just emotional with script. And so that means if you think about it, like actors do it all the time. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. So let's talk about why tone is so important then. What is it supposed to look like and feel like? Well, if you've got the right tone, um, well, tone in any way is going to determine how you connect with people and how you, how you understand people. In fact, I was just texting my sister-in-law and, um, I asked her a question and she sent me back a reply that I'm like, Oh, what was she offended by my question? You know, and I wasn't really sure, but, um, so I kind of sent a message back to, Oh, bless you to, you know, kind of clarify. And, um, she's like, Oh no, not at all. And so, you know, it's, it's hard to tell people's tone through text, but it makes all the difference in connecting and understanding. And so I thought that was really interesting. Um, especially when, you know, I still don't know her super well. So it was hard to establish the tone that, you know, she usually has, you know, for Mm -hmm. people who know each other well, they're like, Oh, you know, this person usually is this way um, in conversation or about these things, but you know, they're chill about that. Yeah. And so, you know, it's, it's easy to have a, to establish a connection or to, um, you know, define your connection when you understand the tone that people have. And so it's, it makes it so, so important. Well, that's the thing is your tone is actually what connects you to other people. And so if you're reading a message and you play in your head, the wrong tone into that message, you could disconnect from the person, right? So this is actually why in-person communication is superior to every other type of communication. (laughs) Or at least a phone call or something. (laughs) Yeah, because you can hear the tone or you can see the tone because Mm -hmm. tone is visual as well as audio. Oh, for sure. Body when language. The person starts shaking around and, you know, tapping their fingers and their legs and everything. Then you know that they're, they're nervous. They're uneasy. They're, they don't even have to say it or have the words come out that way for you to know. Right. So anyway, so it's huge. So connection is huge. If you have the right tone, you can have the right connection, which means that you can influence the heart, which is our goal with all of the self-government training that we do is to help a person have a change of heart. So that connection is enormous. If you look, can look someone in the eyes that tells that you love them and that you trust them, especially if you can look them in the eyes with love, because you can always look them in the eyes, staring them down, which is a totally different tone. Right. But 
just those little looks, those little things make a big difference on the connection with the person. So another reason that tone is so important is understanding. So when you can understand somebody's tone or when, when you read somebody's tone, then you understand what they really might be feeling or thinking so that you can help them the most. Now, there are some people who do not convey understanding very well through their tone, and that makes it difficult for everybody. But usually there are inflections in words. There are emphasis that people put on certain topics of conversation. There's you know, the way somebody might stand when they're talking to you, that helps you understand where they're really at. Well, and even and, if you think about it, like when it comes to babies, they, ha- they use different tones in their little babbling or in their crying so that you have a general idea of what they need. I mean, mothers mm-hmm. understand this best, but, you know, I can tell a difference between an I'm hungry or tired cry versus I'm in pain cry, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. based on the tone of, you know, what's going on. Um, or if she's just babbling to talk or babbling because she needs something, you know? So I think it's really important when it comes to understanding. For sure. Totally for sure. And, and that is something that you can really discern from anybody if you pay attention. So, and people all want understanding, understanding leads to more connection, which is so vital to the security. When everyone craves that. Yeah, it, it gives people a feeling of security and safety. And it actually helps with identity too. I was just studying this last night. Yeah, for sure it does. When you are connected to people, then that actually begins to establish who you are. If you know who you are in your relationships, then you can know who you are just in general, which is so awesome. So some other things that tone does for us is it promotes safety, security, our identity. It helps us understand our roles in relationships. And here's some ones you might not have thought of. So it makes our teaching to our children more effective. So many people think, I just got to tell them, don't do that. You know, stop it. No, that's the wrong tone. You say, oh, this is what happened. And this was probably not the most effective way to do this because we could have done it like this. Let's try it this other way. You know, all of a sudden it's safe. All of a sudden it feels like I was taught something. It's okay. People accept me. Someone's connecting to me, even though I am being corrected right now. And they may not even, even internalize that a correction is really happening. They're just switching course, learning a skill, and it all feels good and comfortable and safe. And that happens because of the tone. Now, here's one that I love the most, and that is the right kind of tone. If you have good tone, actually, I guess technically, if you have bad tone too, this actually gives purpose in life. People don't realize this, but if your tone conveys understanding, connection, safety, teaching, This helps a person see their life path and they see possibility. They see themselves doing things, stepping out of comfort zones, learning new things. But if the tone is condescending, rude, short-tempered, micromanaging, controlling, those kinds of things, then actually it leads a person to be on edge. They're not sure if they're good enough. They're not sure if they could do something well enough. They've been attacked too many times. And so then they're tentative and they'll well, have that, a- that leads to them being unsafe. Right. And so then everything mm-hmm. kind of goes to waste after that. Yeah, exactly. 
So if you want your child to develop a good sense of purpose in life, you know, or anybody around you, spouses, people at work that you work with, then you want to definitely make sure that your tone is right. This empowers everyone. So it gives everybody a sense of belonging, identity, purpose. So important, so important. So let's talk about some tone elements that you're going to want to focus on. This is in no way an exhaustive list. This is just a few things that you might want to focus on as you are doing your parenting and your teaching in your home. There are so many more tone elements that we could talk about, and you can find discussion and training on those tone elements in the Teaching Self-Government Parenting course, as well as in the book Parenting House United, the second edition. There's a great section on tone there as well. So, and you can find those at teachingselfgovernment.com. So let's talk about some of these tone elements page. What is a tone element that people are going to want to remember? So a big one is acceptance versus anger and attitude. So um, that's going to be really big. When you have a, a tone of acceptance, no matter what the issue may be, then it actually invites children and other people to be forthright with things that may be troubling them or that they're struggling with. I know that was the case for me in our family. You um, very much had a tone of acceptance. Um, whereas dad, you know, he had to work a little bit more <laughs> to get that tone. His was definitely more of anger and attitude or annoyance at some times. So um, we found that it was easier to come to you with things because we knew that we wouldn't feel judged and uh, we would we would feel accepted and loved no matter what. Yeah, we would just talk about it, right? So, and that, and, and dad would sometimes get a little bit emotional, but I have to say the reason why acceptance is one of the most important tone elements for me is because I actually had to work on it too. I, at first, when I was a, a new parent, I was like, ah, annoying. Why are they doing that? Don't they know that's not the right way, you know? And I would actually get annoyed. And then I had to tell myself, wait a second. Why am I just thinking about myself here? It doesn't even matter about me. I'm supposed to be teaching them something. And here I am worrying about my own feelings, how I'm annoyed. I need to accept that this happened. That, oh, they, they dumped out a whole bucket of rice. They threw their toy against the wall. They, whatever it is, I need to be able to accept it happened and do the teaching. Because if I can't accept it happened, I can't do good teaching. I will just be caught up in the emotion the whole time. So another tone element, and this one was huge for me as a parent, but also with all the foster children, um, and this was the tone element of trust. So the opposite of trust is force, tone, uh, trust versus force. So if I trust that a person can learn, then I'm going to keep teaching. But if I don't trust that a person can learn, then I'm going to start forcing. I'm going to start forcing stuff. And you don't ever need to force. I mean, unless you've got a child in the road or on a train track and something is coming their way, then fine pull them off of there because we don't have time for them to figure it out. But 99.9% of the time, you can trust that a person is going to learn if you do the right bonding, do the right teaching, if you deliberately discuss what needs to happen with them. Super important. Paige, what's another tone element? Another one, which is somewhat of a base layer of teaching self-government is calmness. That's something that we emphasize a lot and that we know is super important to learn these skills and to have an effective family mm -hmm. uh, economy and effective family government, effective family culture, 
etc. So obviously the opposite of calmness is emotional manipulation. And that is something that a lot of families have fallen victim to, um, you know, within the last few generations, last few decades. And so that's something that with teaching self-government, we try to combat because it's not healthy and relationships do not bond and form the way that they should and the way that is helpful if there's emotional manipulation. So true. And here's the thing. If you're not calm, you are emotionally manipulating. At the end of the day, you're either manipulating yourself emotionally or you're manipulating other people. Like some people will keep all their emotion inside. They don't let it out. But remember, people can read you. People can see what's going on. They can connect with you. Okay. They can, they can understand you. Remember when they they see things happening. And even if they don't see it, what are you telling yourself? That emotional manipulation, when you're bottling up all your kind of feelings and stuff, and that's also emotional manipulation on you. But if you start letting it out on other people, it's an emotional manipulation on them. So then a lot of people think, well, I guess I just better hold it in. You don't have to do either one. You can just choose calmness. You can choose to let it go, to be okay with it, to decide, you know what, that one is something I can talk about. I don't have to take it personally. And, and that makes a big difference in your life, actually. So another tone element that we have to discuss, and this one I know many parents really work on, and that's love. So love versus selfishness. When you are acting in loving ways toward other people, you're willing to sacrifice for them, to nurture them. It's a very selfless act to love someone. You don't expect them to just do everything for you, but you constantly are serving them on purpose. So it's selfless. If a person does not feel like serving and cherishing and loving and supporting, if they don't feel duty, which is another tone element, if they don't feel these things toward another person, then they're, you know, in that selfish mode again. I know that you love your children because you just spent all this time on a podcast about tone, trying to figure out how you can express more love to your children through your tone, as well as using those words with the skills so that you don't fall into those old habits. And we have more help for you. So if you've enjoyed all the stuff on this podcast, be sure to go to teachingselfgovernment.com to find more help. Get into the course. Ask me questions every week on the support group. Get some things going so that you can change the tone. For most people, skill change is easier than tone change. Tone change takes time. Make sure that you are patient with yourself as you go through examining your tone and making those changes because you'll fall into old habits really quickly, but have the tone of being teachable, of repenting, of doing it again and again, and then just keep redoing those interactions until you get them in a a way that has the right tone that you would like. God bless you all. We will talk to you again next time on the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. For more information and resources to help unite your family, visit teachingselfgovernment.com.